tell me when I should introduce myself. Go for it. Hey, this is Maggie. And Ashley. And you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool, from basic biology to the threats they face and what people are doing about it, all while under the influence. You tried to throw me off, Lucky and it didn't you. work. No, you even threw in a little twist in there with your delivery. A little inflection. Ooh-hoo, I love mm-hmm. a little inflection. Well, it's our eighth episode, but it's like a special episode. So special. For no one else other than us. Like, I know. <laughs> if anything, the audio quality might be worse. It Ooh. might be. Who knows? Um, but I am in Maine with yeah. Maggie. Um, so we're recording. We're recording. Recording. We're recording. We today. are recording for the first time in person. Oh, not all year. That would have been exciting. But since the pandemic, since, since, since March, March, when we initially were like, "Yeah, people are driving around and not social distancing. This will be over in a month." <laughs> yeah, now it's October. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Almost November. Good thing we're drinking tonight. Drink yeah. away our sorrows. Although I'm already done. I know. With my second beer. We, uh, so when Ashley got to Maine, we stocked up on a lot of alcohol because we go big. Yeah. I also think it's important that we stocked up on a lot of alcohol when I first got here and we went grocery shopping, but we also got beer last night as well. Yes. So even though we hadn't finished what we had, we'd barely made a dent in it. It's good to have variety, I think. I concur. And we're just going to have to drink a lot tonight. I mean, this is the best opportunity to get sloppy drunk. Gotta do what we gotta do. It's more fun. It's better now when I can get drunk and hang out with you than like get drunk and then go hang out with my parents. Yeah. I, I mean, they're say. great, but uh, well, and I always I, feel a little weird. <laughs> and I'll say this is better getting drunk with you than getting drunk by myself. <laughs> oh, oh, so bad. <laughs> 2020 hashtag oh my god hashtag 2020 the hashtag goes in front of the word right (laughs) no you just say hashtag have you ever seen like there was a an an older woman that was like running some like social media account for like the museum she worked at and she kept writing out the word hashtag yeah there was an there was an old guy old guy yeah 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 Yeah. oh so cute yeah, adorable. Just like our dogs playing <laughs> together. They're so happy to be reunited. Oh my god, they're too precious. My favorite is that Argos, who is huge, would that be an accurate term? Not um, inaccurate. Really loves to sleep in my dog Ollie's bed. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> and today I was working at home, at home from Maggie's home, and I went to put my feet down, thinking I would be like rub Ollie's back with my foot, and it was. <laughs> instead i was like oh you are not my dog (laughs) this is slightly larger what is that not what i was expecting still nice and cute though so we'll have to see if they end up playing together mid-episode like they have tended to do in the past yeah it'd be a nice throwback i did remove ollie's collar because he was already jingling jingling um and we just can't have that all 
I will say we've had a great week so far. Oh, yes. It's been a lot of fun. We went hiking. We went to a toy store and got games. So good. And you had quite the adventure (sighs) on Tuesday. So I took a day all by myself on Tuesday to drive the two and a half hours or so up to Kitty. And I hiked basically for like seven hours straight. It was like four hikes throughout the day with like little breaks in between. But oh my, like I was just in such awe mm-hmm. the whole time the weather was beautiful it was just me and ollie hiking and i'm the kind of person who doesn't like to do things by myself i'm just like oh. i'm not gonna have any fun by myself it turns out i'm great i am <laughs> so much fun i can do things on my own You're and it was girl. just like such a great experience and i think my favorite thing about acadia is like my two favorite places in the world Probably are Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where my grandpa lives, and the Adirondacks up in New York, like two hours north of my parents. And Acadia and Maine in general is just like the beautiful love child of the two of them. And so like you get the beautiful trees, but also the ocean, and it's just so beautiful, but it's not too hot. Oh, it's gorgeous. You so, yeah, come a at a perfect day. time of year, which uh, is just the cusp of fall. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, the weather has been perfect. Like you've got some color in the leaves. Yeah. So nice. I will recommend going on like the off season on a weekday was mm-hmm. fair. I mean, there were still a lot of people there, but yeah. not nearly as crowded as I hear it can be. So yes. it's nice and minimal people, which is how I uh, like the world. Yeah. Oh my God. Right now <laughs> anyway. especially. Anyway. So yeah, we we just had dinner. We watched Tangled and now we're ready to record. I also think it's important that we watched Tangled. Maggie watched it for the first time ever. <laughs> Maggie, what, what's your Tangle review? Um, It was adorable and I think I'm in love with yeah, Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider. Oh, <laughs> yes, we all are. <laughs> join, join the train. Train? Is it a train? It's a bus. I don't know. But oh. yeah, I'm I'm on board. Uh, woo woo! So beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really cute movie. Mm-hmm. I recommend. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen Tangled, who who probably, probably who? like six people, maybe if that. <laughs> but now I'm glad I got to experience your first Tangle yeah. experience. I keep wanting to just say Tangle, and there's a D at the end. We know how you are with pronunciations. No, it's not good. Also, my nose is like weirdly stuffy, so D's are very difficult right like, now. Rough, you know what difficult. I mean? Yes. <laughs> Anywho, um, should we talk about animals? Let's talk about animals. Oh, and... wait, can I share my animal experiences? Oh, yeah, you've had a cool couple. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've had a cool couple. Um, <laughs> today, while I was working, there were like six wild turkeys outside, and that just was a full-on distraction for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Those fucking turkeys, man. man. But the best was then I noticed them out the window and they went to the back. And so the dog saw them out the other window and they were like, oh man, we got to get the turkeys. I'm like, that's a hundred percent not happening. <laughs> like they're staring at the table, all he's at the table, out the window and all he's like wagging his tail, growling a little bit. And I'm like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? So that was cool. Oof. And then when I was driving... <laughs> To meet Maggie for lunch the other day, two little fluffy things ran across the road in front of my car a while away. So, like, it wasn't it wasn't scary. Um, but then I, like, slowed down and looked over and it was a red fox chasing what I believe was a house cat across the road. A coon cat. And they were just, like, staring each other down in the yard. Man, Maine is wild. 
It is, man. There was a bobcat floating around the neighborhood the other day. Crazy. Often hear coyotes at night. You know, we're just in the woods here, man. Yeah. And after Maggie's porcupine experience, every time I take Ollie out, I'm a little hesitant because like, that would be both very exciting, but I would be scared. I would be scared. So I don't think our listeners know about the porcupine experience. Oh, shit. They don't. Because it literally happened the the night we recorded last Mm -hmm. after we recorded. So I almost stepped on a porcupine outside of my house which make, it makes it sound not as exciting as it really was. I was <laughs> I was going outside, had my flashlight on, I stepped down the front stairs and as I'm stepping I see this basketball sized pincushion. I was just like, "Wah!" screamed, scared the crap out of both of us and he like waddled off. <laughs> I ran inside yelling for Nick like there's a porcupine outside because he still doesn't believe they're real. And of course by the time we got back out there it had disappeared as if it had never existed. And there's no way we were any longer than five seconds. So They're fast little scuttlers. They, I guess either that or they really are a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I, have all, I haven't seen that porcupine, but I have seen porcupines. So I know they are real. It's like the Nick. it's like the Harry Potter um, thestrals. You've only oh, seen uh, them if you believe in magic or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I've got some hints for you. All right, I'm gonna grab another beer. Real I'm gonna quick. do that as well. Ooh, that's commercial level quality right there. Oh my oh, god. god! Oh god! I just poured it into my pants. Oh <laughs> my god! You're like trying to be classy with a pour. a mess okay oh you don't want to clean that up oh okay you got i got i got napkins don't worry about it <laughs> perfect and it's not on my microphone so it's really not a big deal that's true all okay. right now that, now that that's over <laughs> we're hydrated we're ready to go okay so i have some hints okay first of all we have mentioned this animal on our podcast before all right to set the stage okay stage is set it is one of few venomous mammals is it an echidna no platypus no haven't we done platypus but we have done platypus (gasps) keep going it is an adorable night monkey oh shit oh it's got big eyeballs Uh uh-huh what is it oh shit my brain stopped my brain stopped Loris. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm doing the slow Loris. Oh, super cute. Which um, the slow Loris is actually a genus of animals. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of different kinds of slow Lorises. Oops. I somehow closed out of my window. Here we go. All right. Perfect. So yeah, it's uh, several species of nocturnal primates Mm -hmm. that make up the genus nice, 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 nice bus. Nyctibus. A nice tyke bus. Yeah. Nike tyke bus. Yeah. So they're found in Southeast Asia. Sounds legit. There's eight species of slow loris, in fact. I'm not going to get into them. I'm just going to talk about slow lorises in general. I think that's good. So I said they're a primate, but they don't look like a typical primate. Don't envision a monkey. All right. Even though I said an adorable night monkey, it's because their Latin name like kind of means that. <laughs> so kind of sort of whatever. Well, so Nike Tice Bus Nix it means night 
And then Cactus part of that ending of that word <laughs> means monkey. <laughs> so glad that I get to see you up close and personal as you struggle through and this I'm, word. And I'm not freezing. There's no awkward no. internet pauses. Yep. Internet is not a part of anything awkward in this episode. It's all us, baby. It's all real. All live. So yeah, they don't look like a typical primate. Instead, they look a little more like lemurs. Mm-hmm. And so imagine, in my notes, I wrote, an adorable little boop-da-doop. Oh, they are. They're fluffy and cuddly with tawny gray fur. <gasps> they have a round head and they have the biggest stuffed animal eyes you ever did see. <laughs> you ever did see. They have hand-like paws. They are a primate after all. And a long, flexible torso. They live somewhere between 17 to 20 years and their size kind of varies across the different species. But I'm going to say... They never get bigger than an adult man's forearm. All right. (laughs) You said that with like a surprising amount of confidence. I'm here for it. I love confidence. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So the slow Loris's closest living relatives. I don't know why I put this in my notes in this particular part of the podcast, but they include the slender Loris. Potos, false potos, and anguantibos. All of these are made up animals. I swear. (laughs) What the fuck are any of them? Maggie is just sharing um, some folklore uh, this episode instead. Yeah, it's true, though, because the slow loris does come up in a lot of superstitions over Mm. in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that soon. So, but talking about their relatives. Oh, now I see why I put it there, because... That that being said, their closest living relatives, their evolutionary history is uncertain, oh. and that's because their there's their fossil record is patchy. Uh, that's that's what my sources indicated, <laughs> and uh, and their quote unquote molecular clock studies have given inconsistent results. Um, uh, those molecular clocks. Those studies. molecular clocks get are, you every are time. just never uh, on time. <laughs> So it, the molecular clock is like a technique used to trace DNA and branches of changes mm-hmm. when life forms diverge kind of thing. So that's what's patchy, I think. <laughs> I will say that they first appear in the Miocene era in Thailand. So that's about 18 million years ago. And Pakistan, 16 million years ago. So they are an old animal, mm-hmm. but we don't know like kind of how the connections got us from there to here. Gotcha. Their discovery was... Um, first they were first referenced in scientific journals in what was 1770 but i wrote 1170 that's incorrect and i'm confident of my own error (laughs) when was the first scientific journal do you think cavemen were like writing on blocks about nike dyke bus yep exactly (laughs) and they were just like carving little things and they were like big yeah i guess that's sciencey yeah right is that science it's our level of science they had they had their own versions of hypotheses i'm sure fair fair so it was discovered in the 1770s by a dutchman or at least first documented by a dutchman then because obviously there were humans why are you making that face at me (laughs) i was yawning and i was trying to keep it under control it looked like you were about to yodel always about to yodel <laughs> just in case i'm prepared to yodel oh my god sorry 
as I was saying, humans clearly lived in Thailand and Pakistan, so they knew of this animal before this said Dutchman, but he was the first one to write about it, and uh, thus he is credited with giving its name mm. uh, Loris, which comes from Lerus. Obviously. Uh, in Dutch, which means clown. Oh. Okay, you can yawn now. I don't know why I'm yawning so much. Beer. Come on. Keep it going, man. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> the Loris went through a lot of different name changes over mm-hmm. the next couple hundred years. Uh, Wait, by- so it started at Loris, but then had a bunch of name changes? Yes. And yeah. then got back to Loris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Let's just keep it Loris. <laughs> we had it. We had it right the first what time. What were we thinking? <laughs> so at one point, they had the name Tardigradus. Tardigradus? No, there's already Tar- Tardigrades. Tardig- there was already Tardigrades, right? And then in the 1800s, they had a name signifying its nocturnal tendencies, Nyctibus, the one that I can't say. By the way, everybody, it's spelled N-Y-C-E-T-I-C-E-B-U-S. Nyx, N-Y-X, meaning night, kabos, so... Kabos? Kabos. (laughs) K-E-B-O-S. Uh, meaning monkey. Night monkey. It's an adorable night monkey. (laughs) It comes full circle. Come full circle. So these animals, uh, nocturnal animals, they move slowly and deliberately. I don't know. Oh my God. If you yawn one more time, I'm going to throw this microphone at you. I'll just yodel instead. (laughs) Please do. They move slowly and deliberately and make almost no noise. Next time you have to yawn, you should just hide behind you. I I will. We have to record with my my computer plugged into my giant monitor so that we have enough plugs for everything, but it takes up like half of the table, so I can't see her. But any, it could it could be a great screen for yeah. when I have to yeah. yawn yodel. I was um, gonna combine the two words and then it would just still be yodel. Still be yawn. Still be yodel. A yodel. A yodel. There a we yodel. go. Yodel. Please continue. Okay. Jesus, they move slowly and deliberately, and they make almost no noise. <laughs> when threatened, they stop moving and remain motionless. Me too. <laughs> I was just going to say, this reminds me of a toddler when my parents would catch me, like, digging up flower beds, and i just <laughs> stop moving, like, what? If they don't what? see me. <laughs> yeah. Don't move. Their eyes. Those big, beautiful eyes. <laughs> All of a sudden, this becomes a love note. I can see it, like, being written in the movie. Slow with a feather quill. Oh, my gosh. Those eyes. Those um, big, beautiful eyes. <laughs> they, it gives them stereo vision, which I looked up. It's just a fancy, unnecessary term for they can see in 3D. <laughs> can we all see in 3D? <laughs> we all can. <laughs> just don't get it. Oh. Okay. They Doesn't do- stereo mean, like, all around? I mean, seeing 3D, I see all around. Well, no, like, we see, like, just in front of us. Like, we're, like, prey animals with eyes on the side of their head can see, like, 260 degrees. Listen, I, you're asking a little too I many am. questions. That's what I'm here for. Stereo vision. We're Googling it. Oh, 3D structure obtained on the basis of visual information deriving from two eyes by individuals with normally developed binocular vision. Because the eyes of humans and many animals are located in different lateral positions on the head, binocular vision... Results in two slightly different images projected on the retinas. Blah, 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 blah. So basically, they have normal, vi- they have vision like us. That's what I said. I Ashley. know. I, just, <laughs> I thought maybe their big, beautiful eyes were a little more special. Well, uh, they do possess a reflective layer that improves low light vision. 
so they Perfect. can they, they they can see at night because they're nocturnal okay so they are special and what i did find kind of cool is that they they see in shades of only one color which while sad makes sense because if they're only active at night then you don't really need to see color you just, no. as long as you can see like one shade of gray so their reproduction it's also slow <sighs> infants are quote-unquote parked on tree branches or carried uh, they typically have like one to two offspring. Their gestational period is somewhere around 180 days. What they eat. They're omnivores. They eat small animals, fruit, and veggies. They have a well-balanced diet, in other words. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of like me. <laughs> We've eaten mainly potato chips and cookies. Like I said, well, kind of <laughs> like me. <laughs> well-balanced. Well, and beer. <laughs> and We've had a lot of beer. We had some You're Prosecco. Right. We is, had some wine. We've had everything. It is balanced. We had cauliflower tonight and peppers. We had we had buffalo cauliflower mm-hmm. tonight. It was good. It's delicious. I still have some anchovies waiting for me later. Oh my god, I fucking love anchovies. What eats them? Their predators <gasps> besides humans are snakes, hawks, orangutans, and perhaps sun bears. Oh, perhaps. We're not sure about that. Yeah. We're not, actually. Okay. Um, so that toxic bite. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. So slow lorises, as I mentioned, are one of the few venomous mammals. We've mm-hmm. talked about some of the others, including the platypus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also vampire bats and shrews. Oh, yeah. And also, I don't think echidnas are. They're not. Hedgehogs slightly are. Oh, okay. They're I like think I was just getting. Mention. We were talking the other night about monotremes. So mm-hmm. I think I was just thinking monotremes, you Mono. know? So what does it mean, the, this uh, toxic bite? They have flesh-eating bacteria in their bites. <laughs> and so we've known for a while that they've had venom, but we didn't exactly know what it was used for until recently, which is why I wanted to Ashley just disappeared behind her computer screen, which means she's yawning. I started to, and then I was like, you made eye contact, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and yeah, as, we made, to the as side. we made eye contact, yeah, you just like darted behind <laughs> your like, screen like, oh my, like she won't know what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway so uh that's why i chose to do them because they were on wait wait don't tell me this past weekend (gasps) because we've known that they were venomous but we didn't know why Mm -hmm. and we recently discovered that the venom isn't actually in their saliva but it is secreted when they raise their arms there's like there's a little patch or pouch of uh, armpit venom. Armpit venom. <gasps> Maybe I have that. That's why my armpits are so itchy. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's absolutely disgusting. You said your armpits get itchy too. Yeah, when like I haven't shaved for a while. Oh, you know, TMI. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, what they do is they raise their arms when they're feeling scared. Or like under pressure. And then they lick under their arms and it pulls into their gums for when they bite things. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a so lot. So what they do, though, is they use their venom to settle territorial disputes amongst themselves. Males often have wounds more than females. Mm. So that's what they're doing. They're biting each other. They're not, like, really using this to for, for food, really. Yeah. So, also related to this, it's thought that they evolved to mimic cobras with all this fancy venom movement stuff. Their movements are serpentine in nature. Mm. Uh, And there's more to it than that, but that's all I wrote. Um, 
Also, you mentioned folklore earlier. So there are a lot of superstitions mm. uh, related to the slow lores. I'm just going to say I saw you dart away to yawn again. I, mm-hmm. uh, it's fine. I'm keeping track. I'm counting your yawns. Your yaddles. I'm sorry. What is my animal? Slow animals. Uh, slow animals. <laughs> slow You're just doing lorses. generic slow animals. <laughs> slow animals. All slow animals. From the snail to the sloth, mm. here we are. Perfect. They were believed in Southeast Asian folklore to have supernatural powers, uh, purported Spooky. abilities to ward off evil spirits, or even cure wounds. Kind of like uh, Rapunzel's tangled hair. <laughs> good one. Good one. Tie it um, all back. They're also believed to have, like, medicinal purposes, uh, like their venom could be good or something. Uh, as we know with uh, a lot of Asian folklore and superstitions, th- it's not true. It's all it's all fake belief because people are... Uh, fake belief? <laughs> it's fake, like, fake believe. Is that like make believe, but fake believe? <laughs> Which is like, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, local law uh, throughout Asia prohibits the trade of slow lorises, but that doesn't always help. They're mm. openly sold in animal markets and smuggled oh. throughout Asia. So um, getting into, like, their biggest threats, the pet trade, um, illegal trade for their parts and products, <laughs> and, um, yeah. So one thing that I thought was interesting was they are referenced uh, – um, <clears throat> In a superstition from the Mandalkiri province in Cambodia. I've been there. Oh, cool. Hunters believe that lorises can heal their own broken bones immediately after falling from a branch so that they can climb back up into a tree. <gasps> they also believe that slow lorises have medicinal powers because they require more than one hit with a stick to die. I feel like a lot of things require more than one hit with a stick. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of... Most things are hardier than that. A lot of cultures have really bad superstitions. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so they are what? I-U-C-N red listed Are as... you by chance looking this up as you, ty- as you say it? I realize I forgot to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am- Slow Loris. They're listed as vulnerable oh. or threatened. No, no good. No good at all. But th- I, I do remember that their status is rapidly changing because of the fact of the pet trade and illegal animal trade in Asia. So it's, it's even less uh, habitat destruction, which is often the common cause of animal threats. It's really just people want to uh, poach and keep them as pets Hmm. so to end this on a and an uh, on an up note Mm -hmm. um is that uh what while these animals are being poached and uh and used as pets they're they're in the news right now because of this recent discovery Mm -hmm. of how their venom is uh used on each other and the fact that they're in the news is actually piquing scientists interest they want to learn more about them and so just the fact that there's more awareness and interest means that there's more interest in conserving them because we still have so much to learn Mm -hmm. in addition to that there are a couple different locations in southeast asia where their habitat has in fact been decimated and 
because of that, it's actually making it easier for certain scientists to find them and put radio collars on them. Mm, so kind of like, lining. yeah, like a sparser uh, habitat is is making it easier. So they're able to track them and 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 collect more research mm-hmm. on these animals so oh, that awesome. more can be done. So check out the slow loris and uh you know also look at some of the local or recent news that's been published on them the guardian has some really good work and yeah they're just a fascinating animal especially the fact that they're a mammal that has venom out of their armpits i think the out of the armpits is really the kicker for me (laughs) right right and and then it just pulls into their gums like how would you like that like i'm weird i just imagine like sucking the back of my knee and then then just like biting into somebody because they're in my house i'm gonna watch myself while i sleep (laughs) ew Thanks to my sources, The Cut, Manga Bay, San Diego Zoo, National Geographic, Pop Science, and a little bit of Wiki. Mm, love Wiki. I know you do. <laughs> well, that was a fantastic job. Well done. We got there. What a cute, what a cutie, what a weirdo. Uh, love a slow loris. That's what a lot of people say about me. <laughs> Maggie is a slow loris. Well, I do hope you will not be comparing me to my animal this oh, week okay. i mean you could it'd be fine um there is some some uh woman power if you will all um, right i love a little bit um let me pull it up bam there it is Ugh. i'd like to think i'm prepared but do i have clues no did i leave three bullet points four clues yes okay Step one. So I will preface this by saying we're recording a couple days before Halloween. Oh, vampire bats. Um, no. And um, so this will be released the first week of November, but hopefully you'll still be a little bit in the spooky spirits. Spooky spirits. So I wanted to be kind of spooky was what I was going for. You did pumpkins. <laughs> yes, I did. The wild pumpkin. <laughs> no, jack-o'-lantern. Oh, yes. Jackalope. Jackalope. Um, Jackalope, yes. No, but my clue will be I'm going to name some of the body parts of this animal. Oh, God. Um, Scarecrow. No. (laughs) First of all, I haven't given you things to give you things. Anyway, um, I said the same thing twice. It's totally fine. All right. Are you ready for some of these? I'm going to name, like, four body parts. I mean, don't most animals have body parts? Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get this. Do you just want no... Would you rather have the Latin name? (laughs) Well, if those are my options, (laughs) let's go with the body parts. All right. We have the Chelicere. First of all, it's a dragon. Like, okay. (laughs) Not a dragon. Next. We have the Pedipalps. Okay. That's a, 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 a... Something to do with its two legs. We've got the setae. This is as hard as Jill's guess the animal with its baby game we played last night. It is. Uh, your ticket, your urticating hairs. Urinating hairs? No. Urticating. 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 Um, fangs. Legs. I think you've made eight of them. All of this up. You're doing tarantulas. I'm doing a specific tarantula. 
You're doing the jumping spider, jumping wolf spider. No, but have you ever seen the the like peacock spiders? Yes. Have you seen the Christmas video where yes. they're like playing instruments? It's so funny. That's not what I'm doing. Okay, great. That's the Christmas I'm, season spider. Yes. I am doing the largest spider. Do you know what it is? Uh, I, probably some kind of plate something found in the Arabian desert. <clears throat> I am doing the Goliath bird eating tarantula. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you think? Absolutely disgusting. I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, so they have a lot of like different versions of their name. Like there's just the Goliath bird eater, the bird eating spider, any kind of combo of those. But we're going with Goliath bird eating tarantula. But if you want to clarify, we're talking about the Theraposa blondie is the Latin name. They're not, it's a blondie. It's a blondie of the family Theraposidae. Um, so these are all pretty big uh, tarantulas. So despite being called bird eaters, they rarely prey on birds. Just <laughs> um, humans. Just humans, yep. Uh, no, they do not eat humans. But they do occasionally eat birds, but it's not their typical diet. So the name comes from an early 18th century copper engraving that showed one of these tarantulas eating a hummingbird. And then they're like, let's name it after this one piece of art. And then it was like pretty much totally inaccurate. And then it stuck. Yep. That's what happened. They didn't even go back and forth like this little Laura. <laughs> They're like, you know what? It's inaccurate, but but it's catchy. It, just, it really makes them spooky. Right? But these guys are found in northern South America. So like the top part of South America. <laughs> I know that's confusing, but it makes sense. Don't worry. Like I said, they're the largest spider in the world by mass and by body length. Oh God. However, in terms of leg span, yeah. which I love because it's like a wingspan, but it's leg span. So I just d- think I- of like a spider doing a split. I was I was honestly just thinking of like a man on the subway just <laughs> manspreading. Oh my God, the worst. But so greatest leg span is actually the giant huntsman spider. Mm. Um, but generally Are, aren't speaking, they in the Middle East? I don't know. They might be. You want to look it up? Yep. I'll take a sip of beer. Giant huntsman spider? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, they're found in Laos. Mm. Well. Oh, God. Is that creepy? <laughs> it is considered the world's largest spider by leg span, which can reach up to 30 centimeters or Damn. a little over one foot. Yeah. But so... These guys technically, I think, take the plate because they weigh the most. Take uh, the plate? Yeah, they're also plate size. Is that not... Take the... Take the plate? Yeah, is that not a saying? <laughs> I think you might have made that up. Well, these guys take, take the, the plate. Take the cake. That's... <laughs> oh, my God. It's 100% going for take the cake. <laughs> Man, you I do, was... You do put cakes on plates. <laughs> you could see where the logic was. These guys are often compared to the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. I just... I was so confident with take the plate. I was like, what? You haven't heard of that, Maggie? <laughs> anyway, I do feel like I have to say their size because it is imperative to who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weigh 175 grams or 6.2 ounces, which really isn't a lot, <laughs> but they are big. I um, wish it was 175 pounds. Yep. That would be... That's... um. What's its name in lord of the rings shelob yep it's a her sorry okay (laughs) maggie looked so mad um and then in terms of length they're up to 13 centimeters or 5.1 inches although i definitely read somewhere else that they're bigger whatever they're about the size of a dinner plate so they're bigger than your hand dinner plates definitely vary in size remember that time we tried to say like big as a kitchen table and i was like my kitchen table is (laughs) the only comparison i can make in this listen look them up 
they're big. Basically, they're not something that like you want in your house, <laughs> um, which is not where you would typically find them anyway. You would find them in in northern South America. Yes. <laughs> in terms of color, they are light brown or golden in color or also russet or black. They come in a variety of shades. So in terms of what do they look like? A well, potato. I mean, kind of. They're spiders. You just said russet, so. <gasps> oh, yes. Russet potatoes are delicious. So they're spiders. They've got eight legs. But <laughs> they're like traditional tarantula looking. <laughs> furry, fuzzy, but large. What? No? You don't like this description? I know. I'm loving it. I, I So I went and Googled what these guys look like. And I feel like they are... Um, once everybody sees them, they're going to be like, oh, I've seen that tarantula before. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking of like, oh, I've seen them in movies. I guess they're like trainable because they've been in a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> was this just your thought process that was or my, are you reading this? That was my thought process and that's why I started laughing because gotcha. I was like, spiders aren't trainable. <laughs> they could be. You can train fish. Have you never heard of like people training their goldfish? Are you sure it's training and not conditioning? I mean, it's the same thing. Ah, uh, okay. It's a form of yeah, training. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so these guys got eight legs. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> they're spiders. But they also have four other appendages, and they're ones I named earlier with weird names. Ugh. And they're all around their mouth, which just makes it all the creepier. Spooky. <laughs> um, so they have the chelicerae. Mm, close enough. C-H-E-L-I-C-E-R-A-E, which contains the fangs and venom mm. around their mouth. And they also have these pedipalps, which are used as feelers and claws. Again, also around their mouth. So they're just like, mm. I gotta touch it. Exactly. Um, they're covered in barbed hairs, which are the urticic urticating hairs that I mentioned earlier. And yes, it does like look like urinating, but it is urticating. Urticating. So there are these weird hairs. So it's, uh, yeah, that's uh, silly. It's a hairy spider. They, uh, in terms of some of their, their lifestyle, you know, females tend to live between 15 and 25 years. What? They live a very long time. They mature <gasps> at three to six years. Um, males also mature at three to six years, but they die like right after they mate. So they don't live <laughs> past that, which is wow. why it's girl power. Um, That's funny. So if you ever meet an old Goliath bird-eating tarantula, it is a female. Okay. Noted. In case they're like, I'm 20. You're like, oh, you're a lady. You're a lady. So in terms of babies, the females will lay 100 to 200 eggs. Disgusting. Um, and they'll hatch into spiderlings after six to eight weeks. <laughs> Little tiny baby spiders. Man, yeah, you're not my a spider person. My nightmare. Oh, I'm not at all. I'm terrified oh, of spiders. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I, I mean, I'm not like a them. huge fan of spiders, but I don't, I'm not as, I'm scared. Rodents are my, spider- <laughs> I was going to say bread, bread and butter. That's not. <laughs> they're not that. They're my, they're the opposite. They're my Achilles heel. They're your anchovies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I I used to think I had, like, arachnophobia as a kid. And then when I lived on my own, I realized no one would save me but myself. Oh, So it's a beautiful. real, yeah, real empowering story. Coming to age. And now, now I'm cool with them, but uh, still not a fan. Yeah, that's you know. fair. Um, so a little bit more about these guys and their <laughs> lifestyle choices. They are native to the upland rainforest, rainforest regions, again, of... 
northern South America, which includes Suriname, Guyana, French Guyana, northern Brazil, and southern Venezuela. Did I say things? Did I pronounce things wrong? Uh, Guyana. Guyana. Yeah. I'm not good with pronunciation. We all know this. But yes, they are terrestrial. They live in deep burrows that are (laughs) silk-lined. I read multiple oh, times. They're so fancy. Right? So incredibly fancy. Um, and they are nocturnal. So these guys have a couple of different methods of defense. Mm. Uh, three primarily, I think. But So one of their big um, defense mechanisms is to, are you ready for this? <clears throat> to stridulate by rubbing setae on their pedipalps and legs. Which is weird from where I took it from one of my sources because I was like, that sounds all made up. I only understood the word rubbing. So, great. <laughs> so, some vocab then to help us. Stridulate means to produce sound by rubbing body parts together. Um, and if you'll remember, sete and pedipalps were two of the body parts I gave you in the beginning. So, sete are bristly, hair-like structures. So, the same as the urinating hairs. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're basically the same. Mm -hmm. So, hairs and then pedipalps are those appendages around their mouth that aren't the fangs. So, they're the little claws, like, by their mouth. So, they rub the hairs with those. I think they're making, like, a really low-frequency hum. Basically, so well, they apparently it sounds more like a hissing noise, um, which is called stridulation, hence to stridulate. Um, and it can be heard up to 15 feet away, which may not seem like far, but for a spider that's, to like, th- like, that's like three of me laying down away from that's spider, terrifying, right? And it's just hissing. I do want to say, three of you laying down was uh, our giant manta ray last episode, so one which manta is away. 23 feet. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, I change height all the time. <laughs> sometimes I think people probably think you're six feet, seven, sometimes five. Listen, I'm setting the record straight. I'm five foot seven. <laughs> I am. I am. All right. So stridulation is one of their forms of defense, making this hissing noise to scare things away. Is it? Is it like a... Do we know what it sounds like? Because I'm imagining... Zzz. It sounds like a hiss, which that's a buzz. Sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I think there's not a ton of videos because in order to make it hiss, you have to make it mad, which is not, like, ethical. But um, <laughs> but I imagine it's pretty spooky. Just insult it. Um, just, <laughs> just call it names. So that's number one defense. Remember, we still have t- some more defenses to go Oh, God. Oh, God. Go through. So another defense is that they'll rub their abdomen with their hind legs and they release... <laughs> That's not the whole... There's more to it. They're not just like, yummy in my tummy, and that's a defense. But that's what... Okay. (laughs) So they rub their abdomen with their hind legs and then release a severe irritant. Oh. That is actually pretty, like, harmful to humans. Um, Make you feel pretty bad. (laughs) They just, like, release a belly juice. Ew! (laughs) Maggie, No! Uh, no belly juice Mm. Um, so that's number two and then number three is they are venomous with large fangs I put large in quotes because they're only two to four centimeters but for a spider those are pretty big those are pretty big and my favorite was that like one source was like it's relatively harmless to humans because the if you get bit by one it just is like a wasp sting it's Mm. more like an irritant it won't like kill you or anything um, and it's usually a dry bite anyway, which means they don't release venom. However, it's sharp enough to puncture skin, so it's still it's still going to hurt. Yeah. Like, it's not going to kill you, but it'll break your skin. Um, so they will bite. 
So those are our defenses. In terms of feeding, like I said, doesn't eat a lot of birds, but they'll eat large uh, arthropods, worms, amphibians, rodents, lizards, and snakes. They're pretty shy eaters. Um, oh. said that they like to eat in private. Oh. Um, so they will, once they kill their prey, they uh, drag it back to their burrows to begin digesting it. By liquefying the insides, they um, cover it with digestive juices and then suck it dry. Wow. So um, first of all, uh, that's... <laughs> Mary, Maggie's like, I have some follow-up questions. <laughs> so it's kind of like what our dogs do when we give them a treat and then they take it into the other room. I mean, my dog still eats it solid. He doesn't liquefy it. <laughs> I'd be very upset if all he was throwing up on his food, essentially. Oh, my God. The liquefaction of dinner yep now that (laughs) continue are they are they like sucking the juices out of their prey or they're giving it juices to to soak it up um soak it down so it's digestive enzymes or digestive whatever from like stomach content so is it belly juice i mean essentially yes okay stomach juice that's not better but they put it on so it digests essentially outside they have their own sauce yeah, but I feel like when I put sauce on things, it's not to make it more easy to eat. It's for sure flavor. Sure it is. Maybe. It's not I'm like, I don't put Alfredo sauce on my pasta because I can't eat it by myself. It's not an aid. Well, maybe that's what they're doing. It's not. They can't eat food normally. What? Wait, do we know that? Did you say that? I didn't say that. I just thought it was like implied that well, maybe. they don't have the mouth parts to like chew food. I mean, putting Alfredo sauce on the pasta makes it easier to eat. Anyway, I think for those of you who know this reference, and I'm only using it because I only just saw it, but the movie The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, which has been, you know, kind of prevalent in the last couple of weeks because of a certain debate. Anyway, it's funny because in The Fly, he like, the whole premise is he's like mutating to become a fly. And at one point he throws up on a man's hand and it dissolves. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, but he becomes a fly and that's flies, you know, well, that's the whole thing is like people say whenever a fly lands, it throws up. But yeah, same thing. We're just throwing up our juices. Oh God. Anyway, moving on. In terms of how do they get this food? They're stealthy nighttime hunters. They kind of wait like a, an ambush predator. Oh, in, in a sense. In that he They wait, and once the uh, prey is close enough, they jump out, trap them, basically give them a big old hug with its legs, <laughs> stick it with its fangs, and they release a neurotoxic venom that paralyzes it. <laughs> Zoink! Um, but the way it was like, it was like, captures it with its forearms. I'm like, so it's just a big old hug. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and then the only other behavioral thing I have is that they molt a lot in order to Ew. grow. They Ugh, have to molt gross. their uh, exoskeleton. I can't. That part I can't. No, not for you? No. And then the only thing I really have is that there's not a lot known about their conservation. For one thing, they are not IUCN red listed in that they are not evaluated. Mm. The only thing I did read is that they are they are occasionally involved in the pet trade because they aren't like they're they can be you know a skin irritant to humans but they don't like their venom's not gonna kill you so they're relatively safe and they're Um, easily trainable yeah exactly (laughs) and they're really big so like they're you know kind of um a novelty in that sense Mm. um so there's not a lot known about them uh in terms of conservation but 
they're around. They're not going anywhere, and they're spooky, spooky, spooky. Um, so shout out to my sources: Wikipedia, the National Zoo, all things interesting and live science. For for bringing some spiders onto the podcast. Um, hope you're still feeling pretty spooky uh, this uh, November. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that's just so swell. Woo, that was awesome. Thank Thanks you. for sharing that. I do, I think that might be our first spider, and you I did our first think... snake last episode. Listen, I'm all about first season three of this podcast. That's pretty amazing. I love We're it. Here for it. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening and participating so actively. I didn't yawn once. <laughs> I'm just a yawner. I yawn all the time. Mm-hmm, Makes sure. Zoom meetings very problematic because everybody's looking at you. Well, this has been fun. I swear I've been wide awake the whole time as sure. much as I've been yaddling. 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 <laughs> Yaddle. But this has been great. I mean, I do love it's nice during the pandemic to like be able to record and stuff and like but it's just not the same as being in person so it's not um i mean we're doing we're being safe we're being um we're not you know going out and partying like we normally would normally all the time <laughs> hardcore partiers hardcore right par- here. no instead we're in the middle of nowhere literal middle of nowhere but i gotta now say you know. it's absolutely fabulous <laughs> <laughs> if i had a choice to be in the middle of nowhere or in the suburbs i would pick the middle of nowhere that's uh why i'm here yeah thanks for joining us on this episode if you like our podcast check out our instagram at the watering hole pod maggie is making all kinds of faces and just and subscribe i got you (laughs) listen that was just my own damn mouth and subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening and give us a review it'll help us reach new fans and get them excited about wildlife too you can also visit us online at thewateringholepod.com. Tune in next time when we learn about more animals, their biology and habitat, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it. Bye from Maine. Oh, bye.